What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I am Mike. With me is Josh and Justin. The Hounds got a point on the road against Monterey. They got two big games coming up this week. We're going to break it all down. Justin, what's good, man? Yeah, had a great weekend. Uh, had a party, uh, a church party at my house on Friday night before the game, which was fun. Uh, and then saw a bunch of family the rest of the weekend. So pretty, pretty good weekend overall. Can't complain. Nice. Did you did you stay up and watch the game live? Um, I fell asleep during the during halftime. Nice. I didn't even make. It. I, I, I didn't even start because I knew I'd fall asleep. Josh, how how's it going? Good, good. I uh, stayed up for the entire game, so uh, kudos to me. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I missed last show because I was at a concert. But unfortunately, Frank Turner was sick, so he couldn't come to that concert. So uh, it's a little bit disappointing. But interrupters were fantastic, and Annie Flag actually showed up. Well, two members of Annie Flag, uh, and did an acoustic set uh, instead. And I'm going to be honest. Acoustic anti-flag, not my favorite. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Now, here's the question. Kevin is not here tonight because he's traveling home from a Taylor Swift concert. So Frank Turner or Taylor Swift? If you have the choice, which are you taking? I mean, I feel like the craziness of a Taylor Swift concert would be interesting to see. And yeah, but it's not my type of music. So, I mean, it's probably going to be Frank Turner. But there's something about, you know, the zeitgeist of a Taylor Swift concert that could be good just to see the craziness. I feel like there's something about Taylor Swift that I just totally missed. Like, if you asked me to name one of her songs, they'd be like, I don't know. Like, I know I've heard Taylor Swift songs. I could probably sing one to you if it was, like, started for me. But I, I'm just not a huge Tay-Tay fan. Justin, where do you stand on the whole Taylor Swift thing? Um. Yeah, I mean, I started following Taylor Swift when she was, what, 18 years old and when Tim McGraw came out and I was still listening to country music at the time and uh, followed her for a while. I have always said that I will go to her concert in 30 years when everyone is like, you know, when everyone's like older and it's not a bunch of screaming teenagers at her concert. Maybe I'll go see her. That's, I mean, maybe it will always be screaming. We went uh, a few years, well, probably 10 years ago at this point. We went and saw, my my wife and I went and saw um, Bon Jovi in concert. They were in concert with Goo Goo Dolls, which I was like, okay. Like, we, we sort of went to see Goo Goo Dolls and Bon Jovi was there. It was insane. The number of, like, 40, 50, 60-year-olds that are just, like, shouting <sighs> like crazy, like, throwing stuff at the state. Not really throwing stuff, but, like, just really into Bon Jovi um maybe that's just bon jovi like that's the music but uh yeah there might always be people that are tay tay concerts just losing their minds i was gonna say like their their her concerts right now are probably mostly like 25 30 year olds like going crazy because they went like 10 years ago when they were teenagers yeah it's true question from uh from the chat josh uh why does why do you have your hipster filter on from your i don't wife? know i can't get my camera to not look weird right now uh i literally had to start up my computer and then i started it up and then it was like two minutes before the podcast and i hurried up and plugged in my camera so i think my computer is just like dude you're doing too much at once tonight right now like <laughs> uh so yeah i was running a little late uh before coming on here so fair did not get a chance to set this all the way up that's fair this weekend we went and saw um guardians of the galaxy which was fantastic Same. um yeah really enjoyed it 
no spoilers or anything, but there were a couple of moments that it was like tear jerky. So, uh, yeah, really ended it well. And, you know, our buddy Ryan from uh, the USL show put out the stat of the week, probably that the hounds have never lost following the release of a movie that the guardians of the galaxy were in. And they continued that streak this week with a, uh, with a draw against Monterey. So, um, kudos to him for digging that i'm like how do you even come up with that like what i know he's it's doing just crazy random... stats but yeah yeah it, it's just the most random thing and like the fact that it's still holding true and i technically this is the last guardians movie so like i guess I, some of the characters might make cameos in other movies so we'll right. see what happens there but uh yeah, and uh, I was also blowing their minds when I was uh, talking. I think it was on either Discord or on Twitter that uh, "Hooked on a Feeling" is our victory song. Mm. And, like we have a "Hooked on a Feeling" scarf, and like all the connections there with Guardians. Granted, we did it because of David David Hasselhoff's music video is so stupid and ridiculous. Right. <laughs> we didn't even have a connection to, to the Guardians part of it, but uh, it, happy coincidence, I guess. Yeah. If you're going to be connected to any Marvel franchise, you could do a lot worse than Guardians of the Galaxy. So, <laughs> Agreed. Guys, let's talk about that game against Monterey. Um, I think, well, I know I thought going into the game that uh, we were sort of set up to not do too well. And here, you know, we were up 2-1 going into the 90th minute and just couldn't close the game out. Justin, what were your, uh, give me a takeaway. Give me a thought from the game. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I thought I thought the Hounds looked as good as they've looked all season in this game, um, and I thought Monterey. I mean, Monterey is a good team, and um, we knew they were going to score goals, and we knew they were going to give up goals. So uh, both of those things uh, came to fruition. Um, but I thought the Hounds looked really good um, in in the game and I thought they were pinging the ball around pretty well. Um, it feels like the team is maybe starting to click a little bit um, when you kind of put the last two weeks together and then, you know, and then it just becomes about closing games out. But I thought overall this performance was better than some this season, better than most this season. So um, not too much to complain about on my end this week. I don't think. <laughs> I failed to mention uh, right off the bat that Danny Griffin is back with the team. So that's that's also why Kevin's not here is because we're going to sing Danny Griffin's <laughs> praises a little bit. Um, it seemed to come out of nowhere uh, that the team just sort of announced it. Tuffy did his like, you know, little leak of, I don't know what you want to call just teasing. random he teased teasing. He a little bit on Twitter. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every time he teases, I just assume that it's going to be another truck or something. I didn't actually think it was going to be anything. He does all. it one time and he never <laughs> lives it down. He... Listen, there were people that like skipped their lunch break because all they were doing was like checking Twitter for that update. And then it was just two trucks. But just uh, saying whose fault is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is true. Danny Griffin's back. At one point in the game, uh, when Mark Ibarra came on, I realized that our midfield four were Ibarra, Griffin, Mertz, and Kenny. And, you know, we we talked in this offseason about the lack of consistency. And there you basically have your midfield from last year, which is interesting. And I wonder how much of, uh, you know, Justin, to your point of they were pinging the ball around and, and looking a little more together. Yes, Danny was just in practice starting this week but he's been here for the past, what, three years uh, and played pretty much every minute of every game for most of those three years. So it will be interesting to sort of see what sort of trickle-down effect that has um, as we continue through the season. 
Josh, what were your thoughts on this one? I mean, I mean, obviously it's heartbreaking that we we pretty much had the lead, lost it, had the lead, lost it, and then that last one was like what the ninety something minute. Like yeah. it's it's not. It felt like a loss because of that, but like. Yeah retrospectively looking back on it after the, you know, the heartbreak of that night, uh, it was, we played really good and like, it was kind of cool seeing our team click and obviously it didn't end the way we wanted it to end, but I actually feel a lot more positive about this team than I have in a long time. Wow. That's a pretty strong endorsement. I think this is just Josh feeding off of Everton today. That's all that is. (laughs) Yes. Talking about good performance. (laughs) Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm not getting off track. We're not getting off track. Yeah, I don't know where to go with that. Uh Dequa gets two goals. Could have had three, uh basically. Well, could have had more than that. He had a he had a pen that was saved. Um watching back through the game as well, like Biasi did a really good job to draw the pen, sort of makes a battle along the touchline gets in towards goal the player brings him down but then after he's brought down kai green there the monterey base captain like drills the ball into biasi's head which like in other leagues i've seen that given as a yellow or potentially a straight like the play is dead the ref blows the whistle and you're just like kicking the ball into some dude's head biasi didn't argue about it they got the pen um it was a weak pen, but look, I mean, Dick, uh, Dixon scored in this game as well. Um, Dis- Dixon and Valeski, two former hounds scored against us. So that streak's done uh, for the season, but both Dixon and Dequa are now leading in the golden boot race with seven goals apiece. We talked about last week and, you know, weeks leading up to this, where is this team's offense going to come from? And it feels really weird that we have a golden boot leader and we're still like, where are our goals <laughs> going to come from? I mean, if something happens to Dequa, are we hosed? I don't know. I mean, Justin, what's what's your thoughts on on sort of Dequa? Yeah, um, I will. I will say um, the best shot of the night, unfortunately, didn't go in the net, and it wasn't Dequa's. So that gave me a little hope. Um, I in the 19th minute, I think it was that I had written down. Uh, Blackstock unleashed a rocket from the corner of the box and that should have hit the back of the net. I mean, there Mm -hmm. was, that was a incredible save um, by their keeper to keep that one out. But uh, that was the best shot of the night. And unfortunately it didn't hit the back of the net and I was very disappointed (laughs) that it didn't. Um, So that gave me a little bit of hope of like, there are some, there are some guys who are um, uh, yeah, there are some guys who are there. And then I think the other thing, Dequa's first goal um, came off of a turnover by Kenny. Kenny just beat the guy to the ball. And uh, Mertz was also in on goal. And it, it was, you know, Kenny had his choice. He could have played either way um, and and had a goal there. And so that just gave me a little bit of hope that there are <laughs> – there this, this will not be De- the Dequa show. Um, the Dequa will finish with – uh, you know, 80% of our goals by the end of the season, but um, we do need to see some people start scoring. <laughs> yeah. One thing I noticed was we talked, we didn't talk about it, but the lineup itself felt like a bit of a five, one, three, one, which was interesting. But I started to think about it in the context of 
where are these goals going to come from? And the three players that were sort of the attacking midfielders to start the game were Mertz, Kenny, and Griffin. And so part of me thought, you know, here are three guys that don't get a ton of goals. You know, I, I forget what Mertz finished on last year um, or even the year before that. They all they all, they all end up getting less than 10. Um, I wonder how much of our offense is just going to sort of become these three guys who we know can pass the ball well just feeding Dequa runs. So they sort of pick the ball up in space and their job is just to turn and get him the ball. Most of his goals seem to come from sort of run of play kind of things. We're, we're not really breaking teams down in the middle. Um, he's very opportunistic, but you know what? I mean, that works. If, if you've got a plan where he's going to get goals, then, you know, you want to play that plan out. Um, Josh, what else, what else do you think about this game? Anything else stand out to you? The miss PK so disheartening but it's also like it happened before our second goal mm -hmm. so it's one of those things where like if we would have made that pk would we have had that second goal or we would have been sitting back a little bit more and then the same result probably would have happened because we weren't trying to like you know get a, a goal to get ahead so it's it sucks uh you said weak pk i i watched two games in a row that night where a stutter step at the beginning mm. just completely screwed up the whole kick i feel like or just like kind of like telegraphed a little bit or gave the the keeper a little bit more time to decide i'm not a fan not a fan of stutter stuff uh stuff i think it's totally a bad idea just commit to a, a side and just rip it in there like it don't don't try to get the keeper to like jump early like it just doesn't work or if it does work it's it's like 50 50 like just just rip it in there um yeah. Other than that, though, I did see I can't remember who online I was talking to, but they they just said sometimes the keeper does a great job. And he thought it was more of a keeper doing a great job than Deke having a bad kick because it wasn't like it was off target. It wasn't it was to one of the sides. It wasn't right down the middle. So, like, there are some good things about the kick. But, yeah, it, I still think it's the stutter steps. Well. Yeah, there was a, a video that came out. I think it was last week, maybe where um, Emmy Martinez, who is the starting keeper for Aston Villa, also the starting keeper for Argentina that came under a lot of heat after they won the World Cup. I think it was Ian Wright, maybe, was interviewing him. Really cool, like, behind-the-scenes kind of video. But they talk specifically about pens and, like, how, how Emmy goes about trying to defend pens. And there was a number of things that I had never thought of but makes a ton of sense. Like, he talked about, especially right before the player kicks – you want the keeper as a keeper, you want to be moving back and forth across the line because if the player can just pick a spot and that's where they're going, if you just stand still, they're just going to pick a spot and they're just going to go there. But so much of PKs are head games where you're, you want the player to be second guessing themselves all the way up to the point that they hit that ball. So, so much of what he does in terms of just like talking to them, bouncing back and forth along the line is so that the, the kicker just can't get settled and doesn't know where they're going to kick it until they have to kick it. Um, this was a case where it felt like, you're right, I went back and watched the replay, and the way that Dequa sort of did the stutter step approach, you could tell he was waiting for the keeper to move, and the keeper didn't move, and then he sort of leaned back in a way that just sort of telegraphed where it was going. Um, it's a shame he could have, I mean, potentially had a hat trick. You're right, if that second one goes, if the pen goes in, then do we you know, get the second one off the set piece? But, yeah. We, sh we should also probably talk about... Uh... Bob getting a yellow card in this one. Lily getting... Wait, what? I totally missed that. What happened? <laughs> Lily got a, a yellow card right after DeSantis got his uh, for dissent. 
Oh, like, pretty much. He was really upset that the Sam just got a, a yellow card and he just started ripping into the refs and then they gave him a yellow card. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's not his first and it won't be his last. Actually, I don't know if it is or not. It, no, I don't think it is, but it can't be. It can't for as much as he's talking. There's no way. <laughs> um, one thing, uh, one other thing to point out was we got a Nathan Dos Santos as a center back sighting, which I don't think we've had yet this year. Um, I was trying to, you know, we've talked a lot about, and Laura Ellen, you was saying last week about how now I've got it stuck in her head of like, what are we trying to do? What is the system? And uh, one of the things that stood out to me and I'm starting to think it's a pattern is Lily enables our center backs to really carry the ball forward as like a means of starting an attack. And so I'm wondering if that's part of the reason why you might put somebody like a Dos Santos back there. But the number of times that, you know, Hogan or Ordonez will take a ball with a player pressuring them and they'll sort of cut inside and dribble through that first line of, uh, of pressure. Um, it's interesting. Like I'm, I'm starting to see building blocks of what Lily might be trying to do. Uh, it's, I mean, every game is different, obviously. Like we said, this is the first time I think we've had three attacking mids with Deke in front of them, but, um, interesting nonetheless, something to keep an eye on in terms of, you know, our, our, our center backs having the freedom to, to dribble forward and, and then you just sort of shift and cover, which totally makes sense. But, um, yeah. What else? Yeah. I don't, you know, and I, I don't want to put it down to just Danny, but I think, um, it, it did feel like in this game that Danny kind of stabilized the midfield in a lot of ways. And I'm not, you know, I think, and I, I think Zwetslu was a part of that too, that in the sense of their, their combination, they're not the most athletic midfielders. They're not the biggest midfielders. Um, they're not going to be able to catch up to runners and all of that kind of stuff. So all their talent or their ability is going to be in good positioning and, good passing and and just solid play more than anything else where I think a guy like a two can get away with being out of position because he can get himself back in position um, before a player has a chance to do anything and I think um, I think that's why it felt good watching this game is I did feel like Forbes and Mertz especially had the ability to go forward without kind of worrying about what was happening behind them which helps them you know, get on balls and pressure balls and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like they're, you know, Bob has always wanted our attackers to be pressuring that initial line of defense and um, to play a, a pretty high line as far as that first pressure. Um, and there has felt a lot of times where uh, it, over the course of the season where Deke was going alone and there's just not somebody coming with him. And this game didn't feel that way. This game felt like, there was somebody coming with him all the time. Um, and so I think that's why it looked so much better. Um, but like you said, uh, we've got to keep him off the board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just to sort of, I don't say sing Danny's praises because Kevin's not here. Uh, when Mertz came out, uh, it was interesting that um, Griffin and I think Ibarra swapped. So Ibarra or, or Griffin went from sort of attacking mid position back to a holding mid position. And I think that's 
that sort of signifies right there the versatility that Lily's always talking about with the players. He wants them to be able to play multiple positions and be confident that they can play multiple positions. And, you know, Danny literally, you know, just coming into practice this week was able to, he went the full 90 uh, with the team and sort of played in two different positions. So good on him for sure. Um, there was something else here that I, oh, I kind of like low key. Uh, we've mentioned it a few times, but, Mertz on set pieces, I think has been a bit of a, a highlight for us this season. The The goal that we got came from a short corner where Kenny played it to Mertz and then Mertz crossed it in and there was a little bit of chaos in the box and Deke was scored. But I have far more confidence uh, in, in our set pieces this year now that Mertz is on them than I have in previous years. Like in previous years, we'd get a set piece and it was like, okay, just give the team the ball. Like it, nothing's going to come of this. But we've had a few corners and a few set pieces that we've caused some havoc. And I think that's a large part to to Robbie's delivery. So good on him. For sure. Um, yeah, he's been doing great. And like, I, I don't know, I definitely feel more confident about him taking them. Do you think both sides for corners or just one? Or like, because I don't they usually switch between him and Forbes still. Yeah. It depends on the side, I think. And it also depends on whether or not we want to do sort of an in-swinger or an out-swinger. And it seems like it may just... I don't know how much of that call is being made by Lily versus the guys just going in and making the call themselves. Um, obviously, when you get into sort of Premier League and they have specific set pieces that they practice, I'm not convinced that the Hounds do. I'm sure they do to a certain extent. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you guys was this is now the second game in a row where we have had a lead and then we've squandered it. Are you at all concerned, Justin, or do you think this is just like shaking some rust off and we'll, we'll get better? Yeah, there's part of me that's concerned. The other thing I will say about kind of our defense is I think over the last couple games, it, it takes either something freak going wrong or on our end or a really good play to get it past Jamali Waite. And that first goal, the first goal, Dixon's goal. Yeah, Valeski's yeah. touch on that ball was unreal mm -hmm. uh, for this level of play. That he, you know, just gets a little touch on it. It goes over the defender. Dequa even, or Dixon, like, fakes it and, and makes Waite go and then kind of chops it to the other side of the goal. Um, and I just think like, that's a really good play. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, I, there was nothing. Most keepers at this level aren't going to get that one because they're, you know, it's, it's the way in which Dixon made that happen. Valeski made that happen to not let the defenders have a chance at it and then not let weight have it. So I think there's a little bit of like, man, we've just been a little bit unlucky in the last two or three games that we've given up with some weird goals. We've um, just looked, you know, it's just weight comes out to midfield and misreads a bounce and you know there's all these things that just kind of keep conspiring against us um that being said uh i do hope that against some different opponents uh we have the luck kind of go the other way too um the things just don't happen but it just it reaffirms to me that it does take something special to get you know other uh, there's mistakes that are made but um it takes something special to get past Jamali Waite. So I don't, I'm not too concerned about it. Um, it's been a rough, you know, run of results in the way that we've gotten them. But overall, I'm not, I'm not too sad about 
two draws on the road against fairly decent teams. Yeah. Josh, you at all concerned? I mean, I'm always concerned, but not not seriously concerned about it because I do think overall we have the right pieces in place to make our defense work. Um, I was trying to look it up. I think this actually, if I remember right, two years. It ends our almost two years, not two-year streak, but last season we didn't get any former Hounds scoring on us either, I don't mm. think. So almost we made a whole season, but we didn't make it two seasons. Uh, um, but with the the way the plays came about and like I don't feel like any of them like this wasn't a huge blunder from weight or something like that like I know that's been a concern for a lot of people so it's it is it sucks but at the same time we've played a lot of uh, away games and like that's why I keep on telling myself is yeah we've had a lot of draws but it's it's a lot of away games like this isn't like the home you know whole thing you win at home you draw away and you're gonna be fine that's that's what we're doing so far except for you know the fact that we went away and we lost at home that one time but besides that yeah it's yeah a, it's, a three, it's a three game week too i mean that yeah. that's what yeah. i kind of keep reminding yeah. myself of is um you're not you know <laughs> you're not gonna win all three games of a of a of a three game week and so um do you take the you know do you take the draw and say okay see what you get you know coming up here and all that kind of stuff. It's been it's been a busy stretch with the Open Cup and everything. So, um, I don't, yeah, I don't put too much stock in these, you know, these individual games all that much. Um, and you hope that it kind of turns around as the season kind of evens out into the month of uh, May and June. Yeah, yeah, I will say, I, I, I think I generally agree with you guys. I think the frustration over the last two games because we have given up goals. And I mean, really this was sort of the dying minutes. The game last week was the last 10 minutes um, in games that we looked good. So it's, it's frustrating to give those up. I think so far on the season, we have, we've played nine games. We only have two wins and two losses, I believe, and the rest are draws. So you figure if we could see those games out, we're now sitting on, you know, four wins um, and two losses in the rest draws, which uh, points wise that that makes us feel a little bit better. But, um, I, you know, you agree. This is or I agree. This is a game, probably the furthest road trip we've had to date. Uh, it's a late game in California. Like it's you kind of take the point. You play well, you come home um, and you sort of see what you could do this week against, you know, we have uh, we have an open cup match um, Tuesday and then uh, yeah, Birmingham at home on Saturday. So. Anything else about this game that you guys wanted to, to touch on before we move on to talk about those games? No, one of one of the things that you guys have talked about over the last couple of weeks, which I'll just add my confirmation to, I guess, uh, is is Luke Biazzi is going to be a good player. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I won't. I don't need to add anything specific from this game, but I he, uh, yeah, running that line, he looks like a good player, and he's an interesting player, and he's different for that position on the field. Um, but he makes things happen, and I appreciated his his work in this game as well. Yeah, it's it's a shame that I think their second goal was somewhat his fault, but um, you know, it there's more than one player on the field, so like it's you can't put it all on him. But at the same time, you could tell that he was distraught because he knew that he had the chance to clear that and uh, just didn't fall his way. So yes, he is he's doing very very good things. Um, 
Well, with the draw, guys, um, I had a uh, an image for the pick'em results, and then I forgot to upload it, so we just don't have it here. But Dan Yost got the score predictions spot on, so he climbs the table. Uh, I think he's now tied for second with Laura Ellen, um, still trailing Kev, um, who I think got the result wrong. So I think Dan got the most points out of anybody this week. Um, so the heat is on. It continues to to be a fun game. Um, if you're interested, every week we have the score predictions where you can go in on YouTube, add a comment with the score predictions. Three points for a perfect score. Uh, so if you guessed 2-2, two, two, then you would get three points. If you pick the right results, so a draw, you got one point. Otherwise, you got no points. Um, and the winner at the end of the season, if you play all season long, gets two free season tickets to the Hounds for next year. So check it out. Um, there's more information over on our YouTube channel as well as on Twitter. And we got two games to predict this week, guys. We've already put up the prediction post for the Revs game uh, tomorrow. Well, it's tomorrow because today's Monday. Um, yeah, I mean, it, with the, Don Garber, who is the, the president of MLS, uh, was in the news a lot this week basically came out saying that he thought the open cup product wasn't very good. The the direct quote was, I would say that they're not games that we would want our product to be shown to a large audience. So frankly, I'm not all that disappointed that the audience is small. So I appreciate the enthusiasm about it, but we need to get better with the U S open cup. It's just not the proper reflection of what soccer in America at the professional level needs to be. Josh, what are your thoughts upon hearing that from president Garber? I take he's a, has a guy. A lot of good points here. Um, I feel like the clubs, the MLS clubs, don't take this seriously. Uh, they don't do anything to pack the stadiums. Like, people don't show up to those games. So it's a, a dead atmosphere. It's like watching an MLS 2 uh, game where it's just no one's there. No one cares. And the team is trying like, the heart. I Go feel ahead. like it's a subtle dig at, like, MLS. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, Don Garmer's product, MLS 2. Nobody's there. Nobody goes to the games. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep I keep didn't going. think it was subtle. But, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's it sucks. And, like, I, I feel like, you know, if those games are at uh, USL uh, stadiums, they're packed. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a big deal. Um, but I feel like that's also a negative towards MLS because they're not playing their best players. They don't have a, an incentive to a big enough incentive to. So it's usually still an MLS two team um, for all purposes. Like, you know, so it's it's it does suck everything he said, but it's because of MLS, not because the competition itself is terrible. Yeah. I almost feel like part of the comment is that he he's just like arrogantly acknowledging that he feels that USL, NISA, all of the other, you know, non-MLS teams are just sort of beneath them. And like, why should an MLS team go to a lower division team and play on turf or play on like a ruddy field? And like, it's just not worth their time. And maybe I'm, I'm looking at that too extreme. Justin, what were your thoughts upon hearing that? Yeah, I mean... MLS's constant struggle is what do you do with games that aren't the MLS games? And, um, you know, I think they've made some strides this year in the sense that uh, the regular season for uh, MLS doesn't really matter. Um, and so I think, you know, they made some progress in that sense that I think teams could take this seriously because um, you only got to finish ninth in a 12 team division or something like that to to make the playoffs. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's, uh, 
you know, they, they've made some strides, but I think that's the constant challenge for MLS is how do you get the teams to care about games that aren't, aren't the MLS season. And, um, so far they haven't, they haven't been successful. And, uh, that's why I think the U and, and I think that that's the, that's the problem with the format of the tournament in that you, um, have all these situations where it would be very easy for an MLS team to go to the lower division side. Um, which makes for a much more passionate game and a much more passionate fan base and a much more passionate all of that. And they haven't done that. And so because they haven't done that, of course the MLS teams aren't going to care about it. It's like, cool, we're playing to half empty stadium on a Tuesday night. So like, what does it matter? Um, yeah, I, I think it's, there's obvious solutions in the water for people to figure out and they should go figure them out before they, before this tournament kicks off again next year. I was just having the conversation with my kids Saturday. Yeah, we were, we went on a car ride and we were talking about a number of things and, and you know, this is not going to get political, but we talked a little bit about politics and, and the argument that I made to them was that we know what the problems are. We know what the answers are. It's just that like money is keeping those things from happening from one way or another. And it feels like that's kind of the case with the open cup too. It's like, everyone knows what the solution is. Everyone knows how to get fans more involved in this. It's just that money is going to stop that from happening, at least for now. So I'd love to see the rules change. I'd love to see, you know, even even if it's the the first round that the Hounds are in, if that means that they're traveling to a NISA side or, you know, a USL2 side, great. Like, go do that. Help that fan base in the hopes that if we make it to the next round, an MLS team has to come to us. Like, super. But, um, yeah, I, the answers are there. Like you said, Justin, it's just who's going to choose to to actually make the change. So, yeah, that's frustrating. But guys, getting into the, the match this Tuesday, uh, we are facing New England. New England are currently top of the table in the MLS. They've played six games at home. They have four wins, two draws, so they have not yet lost at home, which is where the Hounds are going to be traveling. Um, you know, realistically, I was sort of looking through the roster to see what sort of names might jump out. I know, Justin, you passionately follow Philadelphia, so you might have a little bit more to say about the Revs, like seeing them actually in action. But um, Josie Altador was a name that jumped out at me. He's been coming off as a, or he's been coming on as a sub for the Revs, hasn't started any games. So to the point of talking about, you know, this is a chance for some teams to get minutes. They may not start their A team. We might see Josie Altador in this game, which would be interesting for any of those of you who have followed U.S. soccer for quite some time. Um, the big storyline that we touched on last week was that this is Bruce Arena versus Bob Lilly. The question that I really have is, is do we think that either team is going to take this like seriously, seriously? Like, do we think that the hounds are going to go there? And, you know, in the past we've seen us go and play Cincinnati and not put out our best 11. Um, Josh, do you think that, that Bob is going to go there and, and, try to get all three points or is this just going to be you know we made it to an mls team you know if we get through great but if not we've got birmingham on the weekend that we're going to worry about i i, I don't think it's that he's not going to take it seriously i do think it's he's going to be looking at this pragmatically the fact that we just played a game we're playing on tuesday we're playing again this weekend there's things you have to consider for the players but i do think like the players are going to want to 
be serious in this game. And I don't think Bob ever goes into a game thinking like, eh, I don't care. I'm going to lose. I, I know we kind of joke about that with the open cup that he doesn't take it seriously, but I, I do think it's, it's that he's just a little bit more pragmatic than a lot of the fans want to be. And uh, the players are going to have the passion and it's, it's, it's the open cup. So anything can happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, there's nothing like I'm not going to go in with like downtrodden, no way in hell it's going to be a win, but it's definitely going to be an uphill battle. Um, but you also don't know how serious they're going to take it. So they're not going to take it seriously. Like, we could have, you know, an opportunity. I am a little bit sad that it's away because, well, obviously because it would be a high mark. That'd be awesome. But also because with it being at home for them, they're probably going to have players there, even like their starter players, even though they're on the bench. So if things are going south, they can always just sub those guys in. Um, if it was away, maybe they didn't bring them all. So there wasn't that opportunity. But with it being at home, I don't see why they wouldn't be there. So that's my my biggest worry about the whole situation as far as like which team takes it seriously. Even if they don't take it seriously, uh, we could still be in trouble. Justin, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I don't think they <laughs> in some ways, I don't think they have to take it seriously. Also true. Um, and so I think they can they can put a they can put a A minus B plus lineup out there and, and probably be just just about OK. Um, and so I think it's going to take an effort from the hounds if they want anything out of this game, if they want to win this game and try to get to the next round and hope that that means a home game at Highmark. Um, you know, it's going to take a huge effort from them to, to make it happen, but we've seen stranger things. So I'm not sure, you know, uh, I don't want to count that out, but, um, I also think that this is one of the better teams in MLS and this is a highly, highly, highly experienced coach. So Will they have to take it super seriously? I'm not sure. Yeah. I had a, a, a thought as I was sort of looking through the notes for this game and just trying to get a sense of what to expect. And, you know, I know diehard Hounds fans, we've been pining for a home match against an MLS team for feels like ever since, since DC has been here. Um, but it got me thinking, like, as much as sort of the diehard Hounds fans want it, do we think that like non diehard fans like understand the open cup and would sort of be excited about the hounds playing? Like say, say this was reversed, say the revolution were coming to Highmark tomorrow. Like, do we think that non diehard hounds fans would turn up for that game? Like, would they understand that like, Oh, this is a league above us and we're going to come to this. I'm not sure. I mean, Josh, what, what's your take on that? I mean, they understood when we played DC United, uh, back in like what 2013 or whatever like they they got that they showed up for that game um it was a huge deal uh so i i do think the casuals know because the casuals know what mls is mm-hmm. like the casuals might not realize we're not in mls until they you know do a little bit more research but they know hey the american soccer league is mls mm-hmm. and so like we're playing an mls team i've heard of that team like it does have more clout to the the average fan because you get that stuff more through osmosis through watching any sports programming and that kind of stuff you know these teams names they've been around for a long time I'm not saying that we haven't been around for a long time obviously but it doesn't get the same airtime as mls teams do so i i do think it's a big deal um i i as far as do they understand the open cup that answer is no because they don't know what the open cup is and they're never going to know unless it's a super niche situation like, 
hey, I want to go to this game because we're playing an MLS team. Why are we playing an MLS team? Because there's something called the Open Cup. And it's like they might figure it out then, but they're otherwise they don't know. Yeah. And I mean, to think to to sort of think back on my question in the first place, like we've I, I, I refer to diehard Hounds fans as if there's like 10 people. We've sold out the first two home games of the season that were like early spring. So it, it's not going to take, you know, diehard, diehard fans to sell out Highmark for, you know, even just the USL game. So I do think we could sell out. Um, yeah. I don't know. Any other uh, thoughts, guys, on this one before we get into score predictions? I didn't do the research. So I don't remember, but if we're the last USL team standing, we do get a good chunk of money. I can't remember how much money that is. $25,000. Saw Thank it on you. Twitter today. Oof. Nice. So, yeah. So, it, it, there is incentive <clears throat> for the front office, for the team to take this seriously. Uh, and there's not that many USL teams that usually make it out of this round. So, like, it is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Well, let's... uh. Let's do some predictions here. So Hounds travel to uh, Foxborough Tuesday night, Open Cup. Justin, I'm going to start with you. Give us a score prediction. Um, <laughs> uh, three nothing revs. That's that is the exact prediction that I had put online today. So I'm going to stick with three nothing revs as well. Josh, what do you got? I was going to say three one revs because I want to see us get a goal here. Uh, does this count towards our pick them? Yes. Oh, yeah. Man, so you got to take it seriously. So you, uh, <laughs> three one. Okay. All right. Yeah. It can't just be a fluff pick. This totally counts yeah. towards pick them. So yeah. So there you go. That's, that's what we think. Uh, like I said, let us know what you think. Head over to either Twitter or YouTube links in both places. Leave a comment on the YouTube space with your predictions. Um, and especially if you're in the hunt, make sure that, uh, you know, you don't miss this chance to pick up another three points. Um, let us know what you think guys. After that, we got Birmingham coming to town on Saturday night. This is what our third home game of the season, which is kind of crazy. This will be our 10th game overall. So we can air quotes officially start looking at the, uh, at the table after this one, um, 7 PM last time we played Birmingham, it was our season opener. We have not gone around the horn and playing every other team once yet. That's not how things happened in the USL, but this is our second time playing them. First time we played them home opener was a one, one draw. Um, since then Birmingham have launched themselves into sort of the second spot in the East. They are second in the league in goals scored, uh, but they've also given up the most goals in the league. So that sort of bodes well for us. Um, just to put it in perspective, we've given up half as many goals as they have. They've given up 18 overall. We've given up nine. So they're averaging close to two goals per game they're giving up and we're averaging, uh, dead on, I think one, um, they've faced 49 shots so far this year. We've only faced 19 and that kind of boggles my mind. I think the way that they calculate like shots faced is shots that, the keeper actually has to save that are like on frame ish, um, which tells me that their defense is not doing a good job of keeping shots away from the net, which again, we always talk about where are the goals going to come from? Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. It sounds like we might have a lot of opportunities in this one. Um, the other interesting stat was that they have almost half as many crosses as we do. So they're scoring a ton of goals, but they're not doing it from crosses. They're, they're going straight up the middle with players like Enzo Martinez, Nico Brett, and Tyler Pasher. 
So um, all of that said, they've lost their last two games by a combined score of seven to two. So they've only got one goal each in the past two games and they've given up seven in total. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts on, on, on Birmingham here guys, before we, uh, before we move forward. I am laughing because I saw the reviews of their game this past weekend was, uh, maybe the worst ref game in USL, uh, championship history. Uh, I did not see, I did not actually go look to see the calls that were made or not made. Um, but I did, I did hear multiple people, uh, say that it was one of the worst ref games that they've ever seen in USL championship history, which when you, when you're, when you're a fan of the team who had to replay 20 minutes of a game because of a bad <laughs> referee decision, I don't know how, I don't know what you compare that against, but, yeah. um, it's, uh, that's- Ironically, were they playing Miami this weekend? I know they played Miami at one point over these last two games. It'd be really funny if it was Miami again because that was the the big. It was the roots. With us. It was the roots. They played Miami yeah. the week before that. Yeah, yeah. Boy, um, one other thing about uh, Birmingham, just real quick, is they they do have an open round, open cup round match against Memphis nine hundred one on Wednesday at home. So there could be something to this game that, you know, if we do go into the revs on Tuesday with, you know, neither team necessarily taking it super seriously, if you're Birmingham, you go into that game against Memphis thinking very much that you could win that game and you take that game seriously. And so you would have basically one less day's rest and could potentially be playing a tougher match than we could be. So that could have some impact on, on the ultimate result of this game. Um, yeah, I don't know. Thoughts on this one, guys. Any, any, any other thoughts before we uh, do our score predictions? Coming to look for these games like uh, Birmingham, you know, it's one of those things where at least from the Steel Army point of view, we kind of met Birmingham eh, It's Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just kind of like really playing down Birmingham just because mostly because it, it annoys them, uh, the fans over there. But it, it is a fun game. Uh, and the history we now have with playoff games and that kind of stuff with Birmingham and it's it's definitely a situation where it's going to be fun. So yeah. uh, looking forward to it. And um, I'm hoping for the exact opposite uh, prediction that I gave for, uh, for <laughs> the Open Cup games. Yeah, the Hounds did put out a video this past week. Uh, you could tell it was narrated by Matt Greba. Uh, that was basically a recap of the match against Birmingham in the playoffs in 2019. Laura Ellen pointed out in chat here that that uh, that video was fire. If you've missed it, go check it out. I think we shared it on YouTube, but uh, the Hounds also posted it on YouTube. Uh, really good look back. They interviewed Kenny and Robbie and I think Danny Rivera, like guys that were all involved in that game and sort of what it meant with the fans and like the feeling as the game went through. And so, yeah, much, much more of that, Grubba. Um, that was really enjoyable. So uh, we appreciate you guys putting that out. Um, I guess, I guess we gotta do score predictions here, guys. So, uh, Justin, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I definitely think that the the Open Cup games are gonna play are different. I don't know that if I was Birmingham, if I was a Birmingham fan, I feel like I would be frustrated that Memphis is coming to our house. 
of like, you're telling me we could have had an MLS team come here and we're freaking playing Memphis again? Like, <laughs> I don't, you know, I feel like that would be more of the, you know, because I know that's how I would feel. Yeah. That's how I do feel as a, uh, even as a union fan, I'm like, we have to freaking fly to Minnesota and play Minnesota when we could have gone to Pittsburgh and played at high, you know, like that would have been really cool, but uh, no, we're going all the way to Minnesota and playing a team that we're going to play a couple times this year anyway. Um, so I, I feel like there's a frustration level that may not, you know, it could either be like, ah, oh, man, we're playing Memphis, or it could be like, uh, okay, we're playing Memphis. We got to beat them. Oh, we have a chance to beat them three times in a season. Let's beat them three times. Um, so could go either way. So I do think that that's going to play, uh, could play an effect in the game. I do think the extra round or extra day of rest i do think playing at home is all gonna play into this game uh so with a little bit of a reconfigured attack let me go three one hounds nice my prediction um you bringing up philly i think that would that would be a very interesting matchup for the open cup like that's something that you could see both like city's bears getting involved with and like placing bets and like that would be a lot of fun um it is a shame that that's yeah. why i think it's dumb that it's never happened like why, yeah. why are they you the u.s soccer so you know are just like cool here's a way to make money let's not do it right exactly exactly josh are you gonna go with a 3-1 win yeah, yeah, I want it to be the exact opposite as the prediction I had for um, the Open Cup. So, 3-1. number feels really good. I don't want to pick the same thing, though, because then, like, I mean, what's going to happen is I'm not going to pick it, and then it's going to be 3-1 win, and you guys are both going to get three points, and I won't. Um, I'm going to say 3-1 win. Let's do it. We're all we're all in. So, we're either all going to get it or together. we're all going to not. That's all right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Home game, obviously get the Highmark Stadium. Josh, you guys tailgating? Yeah, we're tailgating. Uh, tailgating, and I'm um, wearing this hat for a reason because uh, we just got these back in stock. We did a limited run a couple weeks ago for the last uh, home game, and or the one before last, oh, whatever it was, last one. Uh, and we only had 25 hats, and we sold out that day. Um, nice. So we ordered another batch of hats, uh, so they're they're ready to go. Uh, tailgate only, so get to tailgate, pick up a, a hat. They're awesome. And yeah, see you there. Awesome. 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 Um, so yeah, that's what we think. As always, like we said, let us know what you think. Head over to Twitter, YouTube, get your score predictions in. Um, it's a lot of fun. Guys, some late breaking news. Uh, I saw right before we jumped on here, the USL has officially named a new president and CEO, um, a gentleman who was suspended from inter Miami for two seasons because of screwing with the books. So great pick guys. Cool, 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 cool. I, you love to see, you know, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm not too thrilled about this pick. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess more to come. I'm sure that, you know, Hounsey that always uh, releases a few days after this, will will do more of a deep dive on the, on the new president and sort of their thoughts. But uh, gut reaction is um, trepidation, I guess. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Maybe he just wasn't, wasn't looking for too big of a salary. He's like, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing with the only, the only... <laughs> The only, 
Yeah. The only excuse I will give this guy is MLS rules are convoluted. So <laughs> maybe Inter Miami just did not have the right people on staff to correctly interpret the rules to for the for Miami to figure out how much money they could actually pay people and who they could actually pay. I thought but, I had Gam, not Tam. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it was an honest mistake. <laughs> yeah, uh, who hasn't stumbled into fraud at least once? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, one other thing I was going to bring up to you guys, and I don't, I don't think there's anything we could do about it this year, or there's nothing that I necessarily want to do about this year. There's a there's a podcast that I follow. Um, for Aston Villa in Birmingham recently had their marathon that runs through town and all of the hosts uh, agreed last year at this time that they would basically run the marathon to raise money for charity. And so they basically put it out there and then they spent the year training. One of the guys like knocked himself down to do the 10 K instead. And the other two just did the half marathon, not the full, um, but they still raised a decent amount of money. So I don't know. Maybe there's something that we could do. I'm, I'm not saying guilt me into doing. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I have zero interest in running a marathon. But I wonder if there isn't something else that we could potentially get involved with uh, to, you know, raise money for a good cause. So think about it. And if anybody else out there has thoughts, send us your suggestions because it might be something fun to do collectively, um, and we could talk about it. And yeah. yeah. Speaking of, we have a, a shirt a month for the Steel Army right now. That's uh, raising money uh, for charity as well. So uh, it's a our Thunderstruck shirt. I don't have a link to it or anything right now because I totally just forgot about it until just this moment. But yeah, it's uh, our Thunderstruck uh, design. Can you get it just from the SteelArmy.com site? Uh, you have to go to our Teespring site or okay. spring.com slash Steel Army, I believe, or something like that. Thunderstruck in that it looks just like the cover of an ACDC album. Correct. We actually went back and forth about this. ACDC has a boring font. So it kind of <laughs> looks more like a Metallica shirt, but it says Thunderstruck and it looks like a tour shirt. So on the back of it has all the home games for this season, yeah. like as if it was like a, a tour. Uh, so yeah, just ACDC's font. It's just so boring. So Fair. it has like lightning on the front and it looks cool. Yeah. There's some inside baseball. To be fair, with this podcast that you were talking about, Mike, I got a chance to go to Birmingham uh, a year and a half ago, I think, uh, for a couple of days. Birmingham is actually really beautiful. The city itself is actually really beautiful, and it's flat. So um, running a marathon in, and maybe this is less of an excuse for them to knock down to the 10K and the half marathon, <laughs> running a marathon <laughs> running a marathon through, uh, through uh, Birmingham would be a lot easier than running a marathon through Pittsburgh, and Laura Allen can vouch for that because she's actually done it um so yeah it's a uh it's a much easier city to run a marathon in and i'm sure that uh all the marathon runners that ran yesterday in pittsburgh probably could tell you that yeah yeah there's a guy that i work with who used to travel a ton to run marathons and he always came back and said that like people people who come here they don't get it like they're like oh yeah you know i, I run marathons out in like kansas and it's like dude that's totally flat <laughs> like you're, you're gonna die here <laughs> so uh yeah, I'm not suggesting that we do the marathon. I'm just saying that there could be something else that we do that could be interesting um, to potentially raise some money. So Laura Ellen says worst experience. So yes, that was a. I yeah. was it was traumatizing for her for sure. 
Did you do the full? Yeah. Hot dang. Yeah. How did I, I forget did, that? I did the I did the half the day that she did the full. So I ran the half marathon through Pittsburgh, and then I'm I'm waiting at the line because I got done in like I don't know I think my time was like two fifty something. Um, and so I was just like sitting at the line like waiting for her to come back, and uh, at some point I was feeling better, so I started walking out the 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 race line like to find her or to meet her so i ended up walking like you know 26 miles i guess was the finish line i think i ended up walking like three miles back out to where she was and then i kind of jogged the three miles back into the starting line with her um and she was not happy that entire time (laughs) (laughs) she i'll let her tell her own story at some point but she was running back and in tears and She's like, it hurts. And I'm like, I know, but you're almost done. And uh, <laughs> only three like, more miles to go. Yeah, that's I was all like, I, I should have just done the full by the time I did all that I did that day. But yeah, no, I have no interest. Um, None. I think that's it, guys. Anything else for uh, for this episode? Got nothing. Cool, cool. Well, hopefully the guys go out and can get some points, even though we predicted that they won't. Uh, tomorrow not points get a win that's that's basically the only option uh for the open up cup match tomorrow but uh yeah get down the high mark for the game against birmingham hopefully it's another big game birmingham have lost their last two games by a pretty substantial margin so if we're looking for some goals this might be the game to do it uh, and get the guys back on you know the winning track so um yeah i think that's it for this one thanks everybody we will talk to you very very soon later later